1: On your Monday episode, it's one of the Locked On Raptors events of the year that everybody just can't wait for is the conclusion of the 6th annual Locked On Raptors Over, Under, and Prop Spectacular Contest between myself, Evek Jacob, and Sahal Abdi. We will dig into the over-under bets we made at the start of the season for the Raptors and who got the most correct. Will I pick up my very first title ever? Will Big V continue his dynastic run? Will Sahal get his second title in six years? It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging.
2: Oh, look, like, because I shot, I expected to make it. So,
1: like, I don't shoot I'm trying
2: to miss. So.
1: What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, May the 15th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter, at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram, at Locked on Raptors. And, of course, you can join the Locked on Raptors Discord server. It's the place to be, baby. It's popping off. Fake trades, draft talk, it's all in there. Plenty of Tears of the Kingdom takes as well, as that game is just... It's the best thing in the world holy hell it's much better than anything that the raptors did this year i can tell you that uh but yeah jump into the discord it's in the description the link is uh if, you, if it's ever dead or anything you know we shoot me a dm as well the links expire routinely so pop uh, me a dm and we'll let you in there it's a ton of fun join the locked on raptors discord server also please go support the show by following subscribing rating reviewing all your favorite podcast apps for free we're also on youtube as well if you want to see the video version of the show each and every day all right it's the main event baby this is one of the best episodes we do all year one of my favorite episodes that is i'm not going to put the judgment on best i suppose that can be up to you but uh we are going to go through the preseason over under and prop bets we made about your toronto raptors 18 different questions 18 points up for grabs between myself effect jacob and sahal abdi here as we uh figure out who goes home with the sixth annual locked on raptors over under and props belt Let's bring him in right now. Vivek Jacob, Raptors.com, four-time champion. How you feeling, buddy?
3: I feel good. I feel good. I mean, there's zero threat. Like, if someone wins one,
1: <laughs> you know, I finally have something You, uh, Sahal, how are you doing? Uh, <laughs> how you, how know, you feeling coming in here as we uh, let Vivek take time out here for a hot second?
2: <laughs> I can't lie. Every time we do one of these and I see, like, the the four titles for, for Big V in, in parentheses, I get kind of... I get kind of humbled, but I mean, it is what it is. I completely forget sometimes that we've done five years of this, Sean. Five, six. This years is the this? sixth time now. This is, yeah, we're deep so... into it,
1: man. We got lore, we got history, we got record books. It's a, it's a whole thing.
2: Deep history. So, um, I mean. Great thing for, for V. If anything, I'm I'm rooting for you now, Sean.
1: I need you to tie it up with me so then we can slowly creep back. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, the full-on like, uh, I'm the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just yeah. uh, can never get over the hump. Never will. I've accepted that. It's fine. I actually don't know who has won yet. I know the results of all the questions. I haven't done the final tally of points. I wanted to keep it a little bit of suspense here as we dive into the show. So we're going to do that. We're going to run through the 18 over-under and prop bets we had this year. Come up with who is the winner. Also, for those who submitted an entry at the very start of the season, 41 of you, by the way, submitted entries, and I will be tabulating the final scores later today, and I will, tomorrow on the show, unveil the winner of the fan version of the props contest, and the winner of that, of course, is going to get two tickets to a game next year, which is awesome. So, uh... (laughs) Great job on the prizes, Sean. You've done a wonderful Mm -hmm. job here. It's the most success I'm going to have all day, I think. Uh, (laughs) Let's dive in, shall we, to the over-unders. The very first one on the board is a classic best player on the team prop that we do. Pascal Siakam, points plus rebounds plus assists. We set the over-under at 36.5. We all took the over. He finished the season at 37.8 not surprising uh pretty comfortable it was much more comfortable that midway point of the season he was at 40.6 combined points plus rebounds plus assists finishes 37.8 but still we all get the point here we can all feel very good we don't need to linger on that one too long let's go now to og ananobi as we set the over under for the second one at points per game at 17.5 this one up in the air all season long. Started off great. He was in the 18s for a long stretch of the season. Middle of the year comes around, falls off a little bit as the Raptors kind of reorient their offense around center, Scotty Barnes and all that stuff. And the role issues and who's getting the shots concerns are all kind of very present. Down the stretch of the season, takes up a little bit, but doesn't quite get to the 17 and a half. I took the over. You guys both took the under, which means you guys each get a point here. And I am already in a hole. Uh, Vivek, let's start with you here on this one. OG... Like, how would you, like, it feels as though 16.8 feels low for, like, the optimized version of OG. If they were to play the full season with Jakob Pertl after the trade, obviously he averaged, I think, like, 18.2 or something like that after the trade. Um, I, That might be wrong. I could be, my numbers could be out of date here. But do you imagine that if this was just, like, one season, no change in terms of the makeup of the team, Yak is there, OG's playing off of Yak wonderfully like he did. Do you think he finishes over 17.5 here? I don't know that he does. Uh, No? Yeah, I I think he is kind of
3: slotting into the best version of himself. I mean, he might want, you know, a bigger role, and that's perfectly fine for someone who's a young player trying to be the best player he can be. But I think, realistically, you know, he slots behind Pascal and Fred, and, you know, I think we all expected more uh, out of scotty this season coming in but mm-hmm. i think scotty found himself in the second half of the season and so when you take all that together um you know and you throw in yaks passing like og should be able to slot into that guy who is taking a lot of catch and shoot threes who is Uh, you know, attacking closeouts or cutting to the basket and getting easy layups and dunks um, and being that type of player and maybe less of the post-ups and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think he'll slot in somewhere in that, you know, 16 to 18 range. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if he ends up averaging 18, yeah, then sure. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's like just stays in that 16 to 18 range next season if he's on the team.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the big question, of course, is like, is that enough for him to be satisfied in his role? We don't even really know the specifics of like the whispers that have kind of you know trickled out from you know folks like Jake Fisher kind of started it all last summer kind of throughout this season as well Um, you know we don't don't know exactly the shape of what OG would like his role to be I'd like to think that the way he played down the stretch where he got to flash off his incredible defense while also being just like a very important opportunistic scorer as a secondary guy for the team hopefully that's enough for him because bloody hell it's a damn good player I also have my numbers wrong he was at 16 and a half points actually after the yak trade so suggests a little bit along the lines of what you're saying here big v perhaps uh not to be expected a big offensive growth but also i think you're totally right we saw the optimized version of og this season and after the yak trade he had a 52 percent field goal percentage to go along with 42.4 from deep and 91 percent from the line 50 40 90 if, if you can, like, operate in a role where you're kind of guaranteed to have hilarious efficiency, maybe that's enough. I don't know. I can't speak for his motivations, but I hope it is because, damn, OG is very, very good. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? Fred Van Vliet. Catch and shoot attempts per game. Five and a half was the over-under. All of us thinking at the start of the year, oh, he's going to play more off-ball. He's going to roam around. He's going to catch and shoot off of Scotty and Pascal drives. Eh, not so much. 43 he comes in at his at less than last year. Sorry, no, he was 3.5 last year, but just under the 4.5 under that we set or the over under that we set. Um, sorry, I'm an idiot. 4.7 was his number last year. I'm getting my spreadsheet all wrong. Uh, we set the over under at 5.5. I took the under Vivek took the over. Sorry, I took the o- I'm bad at this. Holy hell. We all took, uh, we the, all over. took the over. We <laughs> all took the over, meaning none of us get the point here. <laughs> Thank God! Thank you for fixing my poor vision. Apparently, because I can't read the spreadsheet for damn uh, for hell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Hall Fred Van Vliet, are you disappointed yeah. that we didn't see the off-ball evolution of Fred this season? And are there any particular reasons why you think that might have been? Um,
2: <clears throat> well, now I'm in like the the reflection phase of the, of this Raptors season. So now I can look back uh, from a macro perspective and go, well, why wasn't he getting these off-ball opportunities? And I think. The first half of the season, I think, was a mess uh, mm-hmm. offensively for the Raptors. A total, complete disaster. Um, we saw a ton of forced isolation basketball, a ton of my turn, your turn basketball. Um, it took, I think, Jakob Pertl joining the team for them to move uh, towards having somewhat of an identity offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a ton more high pick and roll, which worked really, really well with Jakob Pertl, which opened up free shooters everywhere. But it's tough for, for Fred's, from Fred's perspective because... There's just not that many guys that can operate, you know, as as true ball handlers on this team, Mm -hmm. uh, save save for Fred. Um, Fred was one of the main guys running the pick and roll at the top. Um, Of course, you can have guys like Pascal and Scotty theoretically bring the ball up, maybe initiate offense. But um, in terms of true, true ball handlers, um, I think Nick Nurse relied on Fred heavily. It also didn't help that we didn't really have a backup guard until... Will Barton, who really didn't even show us as much as we, maybe we were expecting late in the season as well. So I wasn't um,
1: expecting anything. So uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just tough. So I, I could see from from Nick Nurse's perspective why he had Fred on ball so much, which obviously the more you're on ball, the, the more limited your off ball opportunities are going to be. So just yeah. just tough all around, I think, for Fred.
1: Yeah, I mean, the team context, I think, shifted after the trade to the point where it was actually better for him to be on the ball because that pick-and-roll yeah. game with Yak was so good, and there weren't really other options for sort of go-to pick-and-roll combinations, right? Like, they experimented a little bit with the Scotty Yak pick-and-roll or the Pascal Yak pick-and-roll. I actually think both have some potential as something that could work, um, although you get into the issue of, is Yak really the kind of guy, if people switch that action, are he the kind of guy who's going to go post up a smaller guy? Maybe not. He showed a little bit of capacity for that. Um But ultimately, yeah, Fred's the best pick-and-roll ball handler on the team. This is why he's very important and why you can't go into next season without either Fred or someone who replicates Fred's skill set, because it's just a massive drain on your overall offensive potency if you don't have that around. So, uh, yeah... You know, disappointing that he didn't quite have that same off-ball shooting uh, sort of mm-hmm. volume that we thought he might. But also, the team context didn't really dictate that that was a possibility because there just wasn't enough playmaking. Scotty wasn't far enough along. Uh, the shooting wasn't there outside of Fred. You know, as far as like a pull-up option. So you needed that thread as well. It makes sense. It's uh, disappointing, but that's just the way she goes. We're gonna come back on the other side, start rolling through these at. Breakneck speed and uh, figure out where we're at. It's two points for Vivek and Sahal, one for me after three over under bets. We will get two. The remainder in just one second before we do that however gotta tell you about our dear friends over at prize picks who have made daily fantasy sports super fun super easy and super accessible you gotta check them out it is so easy to go make yourself an entry on a given night and right now your season-long grinds are over for hockey and basketball maybe you're already early in your baseball fantasy season and your team stinks and you want to go to the daily route as well prize picks is the place to do that and you can make entries with up to six players from two to six players on a given entry you can go to 25 times your money on any entry as well it's super easy you're just picking against whether or not you think your player is going to go more or less than a projection in a given stat whether it's points rebounds shots on net whatever it is it's all there for you and you can do multiple sport entries as well it's not just the nba if you want to have a wnba entry with an nba entry with a baseball entry you can go ahead and do that no problem whatsoever it's super easy you can make your entry in 60 seconds or less you get safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and in canada in every province except for ontario at the moment Down the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on what a great deal go check it out enter the promo code locked on get that hundred dollar instant deposit match
0: right now with the promo code locked on at prize picks this is jake from locked on locked on has teamed up with state farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in nba history Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: All right. We continue with our over-unders and props. Uh, We're taking it up, as it were. We've done the quiz. Now the teacher has handed out all the marks. You traded papers around, and we're marking them as a class. Uh, Let's go now to question number four on our list. Scotty Barnes, assists per game. 4.5 4.5 is what we set it at before the season. Uh, you know, I think up from last year, he was at 3.5 last year was where he finished. I think we all expect a little bit of an expansion. Maybe not. We A couple of us didn't expect quite as much as we saw from him as a playmaker. Uh, and I, in hindsight... Really stupid that both Vivek and I took the under on this one. I think uh, So Hall's going to get the point. He took the over. Uh, so let's go with uh, one of the scorned two here. Vivek, uh, thoughts on Scotty ending up at four point eight? Sorry, yeah, four point eight assists per game on the season, uh, and us both missing out by just a smidge. the Hall takes a lead, three points to your two and my one.
3: Yeah, I think looking back, this was probably the most egregious mistake that I made. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Scotty. you know, you look at the season he had last year, uh, I think we had it as like how many five assist games we have or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, he had a whole bunch of four assist games. Yes. He was a very close,
1: like in the grand scheme for sure. For sure. Yeah.
3: And so when you factor that in, you factor in the additional ball, uh, ball handling that we expected, um, which is part of why we had the Fred catch and shoots up, uh, it didn't really make sense to take the under on this one so uh that one's definitely on me uh
1: and you uh, yeah but uh yeah i'm uh, blaming groupthink on, on, on this one it's your fault I, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember how it happened we can check the tape i'm not going to do that but uh it's your fault um yeah i, I think honestly this should be the baseline for scotty as a playmaker going forward i think like this was not even his best year like this was you know i think he played well I think he was as a on a whole a better basketball player than he was as a rookie he rounded his game in a lot of ways but like I think there's going to be a lot better things to come from scotty barnes as he you know refines his offensive touch as the two-point game comeback comes back around as it did sort of late in the season after a really tough start to the year finishing around the rim and from the mid-range uh and the more he can sort of leverage that threat of just being a guy who can get to all of his spots whenever he wants he's gonna start commanding double teams at some point here whether it's next year or beyond and that is going to unlock a whole lot of stuff for the raptors because he's An absolute visionary passer and so if this is the baseline where it's mostly single coverage where it's mostly him just kind of getting assists as he goes like I think the ceiling is very high as far as his playmaking goes and his sort of counting stats in that department and I'm excited to see where it goes. From here, the next one up, as Sahal has a one-point lead over Vivek and a two-point lead over me, is Gary Trent Jr., 30-plus-point games. And boy, oh boy, did I get this one way wrong. Of course, he had 10 such games in 21-22. I thought he's going to come off the bench. He's going to be a gunner. He's going to go in there and sort of keep the offense afloat. And he did that sometimes, but not to a ridiculous degree. And he finishes, but just three 30-point games. I took the over. You guys both took the under. Sahal... Uh, Gary Trent Jr. This was a weird year for him where he played, I think, objectively some of the best ball he's played as a Raptor didn't quite translate to massive numbers, but maybe that's kind of ideal. Like, if you can get Gary Trent Jr. playing good ball, but you're not counting on him being a 30-point scorer for you all the time to keep the offense afloat, that should be the place that you want to land. It's just the consistency thing with Gary and whether he's going to do it night in, night out, I suppose.
2: Yeah, the, the, the very... Like you think like you said the very awkward thing with Gary is that um he had I would say a pretty good season from start to finish um with Gary there's always dipping points right he's a streaky guy there's always gonna be those those cold points and those super hot points where he's he can't stop uh, missing and then he can't stop making shots like that's just how Gary is right that's um his shot selection things like that I know a lot of rappers fans are I mean I don't say a lot maybe some rappers fans are a little tired of um his ability to i'll just simply say not uh, pass the ball around but um gary does bring a skill set that's that's pretty unique that a lot of players don't have which is just he's just a bucket in the nba that's that's Mm -hmm. just genuinely what he is right and um he's one of those guys that every single year can get you anywhere from 17 to 20 points per game um on i mean efficiency is not horrible um i don't know what it is you know statistically this year um sean maybe you could look that up but yeah. Um, I, I would assume he's somewhere between 36 to 40 um from three. Um and 37% maybe,
1: from three this season, yeah.
2: Yeah. So and that's what you expect from Gary, right? It's not it's nothing horrible. But for me with Gary, you know, because cause I love taking the personal look on things. For me, loved him, watched him at Duke, watched him in Portland. That bubble series with, with LeBron was iconic for him. <laughs> um, got him got a lot of eyes on him. But when he came to Toronto, I always knew there was a higher ceiling for him to break. And I feel like he broke that. And with his limited athleticism and his lack of ability to finish at the rim, I just think there's there's a ceiling that maybe we're not willing to fully admit that's there with Gary Trent Jr. And, and don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a, he's a really <laughs> good basketball player now. So that's mm-hmm. not me saying, like, I just don't think there's a huge, like, jump for him to make from what I've seen so far just because of those limited attributes but Sean you're you're free to disagree
1: (laughs) no I I think I've always kind of felt like his he's been kind of tapped out the last couple seasons as hey Mm -hmm. we kind of know what he is right like he's gonna shoot a lot of threes for you he's gonna bail you out of some games he's gonna be a late clock savior a lot of the time for you but he's gonna leave a lot to be desired in his defense and his playmaking and I do think those deficiencies combined with the idea that Yes, he's a guard who can kind of get his own. I I feel like honestly, that's become one of the most easy things to replace in the NBA, sort of like a one way guard type who can score buckets for you. You know, the Raptors haven't had a ton of them, but like there are a ton of the guys in the draft at that range who could very well step in and fill that role. Like the Raptors drafted Jordan Hawkins at 13. And I kind of wonder if it makes more sense to just let Gary walk for the financial flexibility. he will offer you and you replace what he brings with a rookie guy on an EL, on an entry level contract. And that's an NHL thing on a rookie contract. Um, and you know, maybe you get, of that production and even just year one from a guy who comes in and is kind of ready to be that, you know, coming around screens, off-ball shooter type. um, I think I've kind of come around on Gary's played his last game for the Raptors. And I think it's because of those deficiencies. And I just wonder is it worth paying all that money when those skills might be available elsewhere as risky as it is for a team that can't shoot to just let a guy who's maybe their best shooter or second best shooter, maybe behind OG just walk for nothing. It's um, you know, we'll see. I I don't think it'll be the disaster. It will surely be painted as if he does walk for nothing. I think, you know, the Raptors have let guys of, I think similar impact walk before I think of like Patrick Patterson, almost when he walked like that sucked, but like, you're not going to lose your mind because you let Patrick Patterson walk. I kind of feel like Gary Mm -hmm. is in that same Different, obviously, way different player, but same sort of tier of impact, I would argue. And the Raptors Williams. managed that one just fine. Lou Williams, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that might be cutting Gary a little short. Lou Williams is like the most infuriating player I've ever watched in a Raptors uniform, but he was also mm-hmm. coming off like a Sixth Man of the Year award. Right? And people That's true. Like, wow, how that award that, that means so much and I uh, definitely <laughs> care about Uh Let's continue on real quick. A couple of very quick ones. Boy, oh boy, more minutes played. Thad or. Auto Porter Jr. Both myself and Sahal took auto. I am on a miserable run here. I might already be out of it right now. This sucks. I hate it. Uh, Vivek gets the point here. He said Thad would play more minutes. He was right. You were kind of on the injury thing, correct? With this one, you were kind of predicting the dislocation and disappearance of Auto Porter's toe. Exactly. <laughs> <The element. laughs> uh, no, so I, mean, I
3: just. I was kind of playing the odds with his career, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he just had a healthy season. Odds are he's not going to be healthy. And yeah. So uh, it sucks that it worked out that way. Um, definitely not happy that I'm right about this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think the Raptors uh, definitely could have used him and benefited from having him on the court. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of just the reality of Otto Porter's career. And so...
1: Well, Lois have those eight games, baby. It's like the very depressing version of the Andrea Bargnani 12 games where he looked like a superstar. Uh, <laughs> Otto Porter, eight games where he looked like a reasonably competent bench player. Uh, <laughs> somehow it yeah. seems more damaging that the Otto thing didn't work out than the Barks. Um Let's get quickly to the next one here. More total minutes played. Precious chewer or Gary Trent Jr.? I said Precious. You guys both said Gary. Gary almost doubled Precious in minutes played. I am screwed. I have one correct through eight questions. I or seven questions. This sucks. I'm mad. You guys get the point. We're moving on. I don't care. Next one here. Finally, I can gloat a little bit. Who leads the team in total steals at the start of the season? at a premonition. Ooh, OG's gonna go ham this year. He's just gonna do the thing. He's gonna make all defense, and this is where my belief in OG is rewarded. He is the leader in steals, not by a ton. Fred with 123 total steals to OG's 128. I believe both finished top five in the league, which is very cool, very Raptors-y, but I get the point. Ha ha ha. I'm back in the game, baby. Uh, And, uh, I mean, what we've said a lot about OG. We talked about making making all defense last year. Extremely deserved. Uh, Last week, that is. Extremely deserved. Very, very good player we love OG Ananobi uh next up who will be the second leading scorer on the Raptors this one also pretty quick we can breeze through I said OG you guys both said Fred you guys both get the point here so I'm back in the dumps once again trailing you both by four points as we reach the halfway point you guys have six points I got two let's move now to Raptors, who made the All-Star Game. As we try to breeze through these, we'll get to some bigger conversations in a sec. But Raptors making the All-Star Game, the over-under was 0.5. We all took the over. We all get a point there. I don't feel very good about it because it doesn't cut into your lead. Uh, But now, this next one is interesting. Number of players to score 30-plus in a game. Five and a half. We all just barely got it because Jakob Purtle came through with that 30-point game after the trade. We love it. Uh, let's go Sahal on this one. Uh, like, like yeah. is there a player on the team who you thought, we all took the over here. We obviously didn't have Jakob Pertle at the start of the season as being the one who did go over. Uh, is there a player you're disappointed by who did not have a 30-point game at some point this season?
2: Um... You know, what's funny is, let me let me get to Jakob first. So when Jakob first joined the team, he was playing so well. He was on a tear for really about a month uh, or so once he joined the team. And um, now looking back on it, I'm not shocked at all that he got 30 points because there was a point where Nick Nurse realized, OK, wait, this high pick and roll with Fred and Jak is working so well, we're just going to spam the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. and just go from there and um yeah that was a game i remember Jakob had a ton of offensive rebounds ton of second chance points just doing everything in that game so um i'm glad we all squeaked by i mean i would love for vivek to to be the guy who said under so then i could just you know just get a little (laughs) me too man me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly so i could just get a little hop on over but um am i shocked um that any you said any raptors player didn't get 30 yeah is there a particular
1: guy you were disappointed in not not getting past that threshold I think boucher got did, close did, once did precious get 30 i don't think he did no he didn't it was the starting yeah, five so... and uh then gary yeah. uh yeah.
2: Gary. Or, or yak if you want to say yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah precious um and, and i and i'm not i didn't expect him to get two three four games but to not get one um that's why I wasn't really shocked, Sean, that you took, you know, Precious on the over on the on the, on the last one or sorry, not Precious on the over, but Precious on the last one um, mm. in terms of minutes, because I genuinely thought the way the season ended uh, prior, the 2021-22 20, season, Precious ended the season so well. So I thought he was going to take a massive jump. Um, and this year he was going to be a focal point off the bench. And I mean, minutes wise, I guess he kind of was. No one really gave up on him until the end of the year. Um, the but injury, yeah, uh, Seward
1: is minutes totals for sure.
2: That as well, for sure. Um, yeah. But it's, for me, it's precious. I, I, I just expected so much more precious this year um, from start to finish. And, and I don't know if we got that. But I, I haven't given up on him. Still, Still a precious guy, so...
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, he was. I think I had him in mind as a guy who would score 31 points. I thought Boucher; he always goes off for one weirdo, hilarious yeah. game. Um, you know, I, I think there was room for any number of guys, but thankfully, Yak yeah, came in as everything and saved us. Uh, saved the whole damn team. We're gonna go to the next one here. Actually, we'll finish up with the last seven questions. We're gonna breeze through them right quick on the other side of the break. As what are the scores uh, right now? Right now, as we go to break. It is eight points, Vivek, eight points, Sahal, four points for Sean. I still have a chance. There's a couple I know I have points on later, and I haven't done the total. We had the tiebreaker question related to Terrence Ross to close things out as well. Plenty of drama and intrigue coming up in the final segment of the sixth annual Locked on Raptors over under spectacular take-up edition. We'll get to that in just one sec, but before we do that, just a reminder, Locked on Leafs (sighs) <sighs> Go listen to Lockdown Leafs They're wonderful The Leafs are bums who stink But uh, Mike and Dave are wonderful They're not bums who stink They do a great podcast about your Toronto Maple Leafs every day Get the full details on the end of the year And what comes next for a franchise that makes me want to poke a fork in my eye Go check out Lockdown Leafs wherever you get your podcasts And on YouTube
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner And On NBA is here daily To keep you caught up with all the late season drama
1: And I think a lot of us screwed up down the stretch here. So I think there may be like a little wiggle room for me to make a little comeback here. We shall see. The next one we have on the board is who leads the Toronto Raptors in total dunks? The most important question, of course, uh, before the season, both, Vivek and I took OG. Sahal took Precious, and the leader in dunks for your Toronto Raptors is OG and Anobi. So Vivek takes a lead. I <sighs> get to five points. Sahal stays still at eight, uh, and OG just dunking away. He had the most dunks, but let me ask you, Big V. Who do you think is the best dunker on the Raptors now that we've had a full season to get a sort of look at this new version of the team with you know, long dudes? I guess it's not very new. They're all guys who were here the year before as well. But it felt like they were an especially dunk forward team this year, which I liked. One of the best parts of the season is, man, there were a lot of yams to get excited about. Who do you think is the best dunker in a vacuum on the team? Um, I'm, I'm going to roll with OG.
3: Okay. I I thought, you know, there were some fast breaks there where he, you know, there was the reverse jam that he had. There was rocks uh, a baby a whole bunch, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with OG. I think I think Scotty has the potential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he wants to. I think there there was a breakaway where he did a 360, didn't he? He did like 10 of them down the stretch of the season. It was just yeah. like a
1: thing he started doing. It was great. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So it's all a blur now, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I think scotty has got the potential. Um, Precious
1: probably has like the best tomahawk, but Mm -hmm. uh, overall right now I'll go with OG. Boucher is also a stealth candidate here. He had a couple massive ones in transition. I think just like force plus just like, you know, kind of out of nowhere. Oh my God. How did he do that sort of factor? I think Scotty's the guy for me. That dunk on Vooch was. Okay. I thought you were going to say Boucher for that one. I mean, Boucher he's, uh, is incredible. Yeah. I feel like he has, like, one kind of dunk, though. But, <laughs> like, Scotty has, like, a whole array of dunks he can go to. And that one where he just kind of, like... Well, it was Vooch, right? He just kind of, like, soars over Vooch and mm-hmm. throws it over it him, like... Oh, my God. That, I think, was my favorite dunk of the year. That's the one that sticks in my head the most. But Precious has some big hammers. It's great. We love that the Raptors do good dunks. That's the one redeeming quality of the team. If you're looking for them not to rebuild, that's the reason why, baby. Uh, (laughs) Let's uh, continue on here. Next one. Vivek with the lead as we go to total wins against the Eastern Conference. And oh boy, Sean's making a comeback, baby. We set the over at 29 and a half. Last year, they were 30 and 22 against the East. This year, they finished 26 and 26 against the Eastern Conference. You guys both took the over. I took the under. I'm back in the game. I'm losing my mind over here. I'm really anxious. Uh, But yeah, good job, me. Let's go to the next one. Final offensive ranking. We set the over under at 14 and a half. Over meaning better finishing in the top 14 under meaning worse both Sean or both of and I took the under Sahal took the over which means Sahal looks sad but I think he misunderstood the point of the question you got it right you got the point Sahal uh we both took the no under. I think I mean, it's because
3: spiritually the Raptors had a terrible offense I mean <laughs> so they do not deserve the <laughs> offensive rating that they
1: have <laughs> you know what man they were actually yeah look everyone's doom and gloom this team stinks they were 13th in offense and we'll get to the next question too 11th in defense it's not that bad like i know that's a lot of fake comebacks doing that from the first part of the year there were not many fake comebacks in the last part of the year i should note uh i think it was a pretty telling net rating that they had all things told uh it's not as bad as everyone wants to paint it to be i guess is my takeaway from all of this either way Sahal gets the point here. Uh Sahal, do you feel good about having the 13th ranked offense get you this point? Or do you feel like this is a cheap victory? Does it matter?
2: <laughs> um, well, since I'm down, it definitely doesn't feel like a cheap victory. Let me tell you that much. But um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it genuinely didn't feel like they had the 13th best offense. And I know this the, the offensive ranking isn't an, an overall encompassing stat for like this is the 13th best offensive team in the league, but I mean, I felt like I was watching like a, a bottom 10 offensive team all league. And I know they picked it up later in the year. Like I said, they they, they kind of form, formed an identity near the end of the year. They ran the pick and roll really well. Um, and then everybody got in their spaces. OG got a ton more open looks, which which helped his efficiency. Um, but, I mean,
1: Sean, like I said, I'm down. I'll take anything I can get right <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, the half court offense was really bad for a long stretch. It was like second to last in the NBA for a long stretch. Their effective field goal percentage is right alongside like the tanking teams among the worst in the league. They were not a good offensive team, but they, on the margins with their transition, with their offensive rebounding, you know, they, they made it work. And so I'm, I'm choosing to feel like, you know what? Good for you, man. You, you, <laughs> this is not a cheap victory. You get the point. Thank Let's you. go to the next one here. Final defensive ranking. The over-under was set at 7.5. Uh, same deals before. Over is better. Under is worse. We all took the over, and we were all wrong. They finished with the 11th best defense. They were 6th after the yak purple trade. You could argue that full season of Yak, and we all get the point here, but none of us are coming away with the win here. Let's go to the next one. Regular season wins. We set the over-under at 46.5. We all took the over. We were all so, so wrong. Sahal took 51. I took 53. I was closest. took 53. You were closest. (laughs) That counts for nothing. Absolutely zip. Sorry. Uh, Big V, you were the furthest off. You had them at 53 wins. Uh, I'll let you kind of go off on this one. Well, just quickly, yeah. didn't we do a reset on this at the halfway We did mark? do a reset, but we all got the point. so I decided to get rid of the reset point anyway because right. it was irrelevant okay. to the final Here. result. Yes, we got all to. took the over 36.5 on the mulligan. Good for us, man. We nailed yeah. it. Uh, but sorry, Big V, they get 41 wins this year. Um, did this ever feel at any point to you like a 53-win team that you projected them to be? Uh, in the first 10 games, yes. Hell yeah Ooh. <laughs> <It was> beautiful <laughs> like,
3: first 10 games yeah, that was that was you know you looked at the schedule and we're like oh they can just manage through this portion of the season and then mm-hmm. they can really kick on and like they seemed initially to be carrying over what they had from the end of last season to this season um and then things just like kind of mm-hmm. unraveled and mm-hmm. you know, I think there were little sh- yeah. shades of the lack of consistency um on the defensive end the lack of consistency and effort Uh, and then that just grew uh as the season went on and and so yeah i I thought you know probably the biggest thing when i was assessing the team coming into this season was i thought they would do a much better job uh playing against sub 500 teams i think when you looked at last season they actually had a solid record against plus 500 teams and underperformed against sub 500 teams. And I thought that was, you know, a young team that, you know, played down to their competition. Like we remember last season, like, you know, those bad losses to OKC, for example, um, on their home floor, you know, where Champagne almost has the buzzer beater and stuff like that. And so you're thinking, okay, they should take care of business in those games. And so, you know, going from 48 wins to what I picked at 53 seemed like something that was pretty plausible, but obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, You go 20 games in and all all of a sudden that's not looking at all the case
1: yeah the the baffling part about this team was always that they never played like a 41 win team they either played like a 50 plus win team or played like a high 20s win team and nothing (laughs) in between it all checked out to a 41 and 41 it was the home road split was that sort of disparity as well um so like they had their moments where they looked like a 51 52 53 win team on the floor where things were like wow this is humming along this is looking great look at how yaks fixed everything this is beautiful but then their bad moments were really 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 bad and so that is uh, what Sewer does here. None of us get the point here. We move on to the second-to-last question, and my lead, your lead. Dwindles a little bit further as I get this one correct total postseason wins playing included the over-under was set at three and a half You guys both took the over like fools I took the under like a smart guy and I get the point so it's nine points for both of you guys seven for me I mathematically cannot win here, uh, but I feel better because I got that point. That's nice. Yay. Go me uh, <laughs> And so uh, that brings us to the final question Big stuff here, guys. Big stuff. Season-ending award winners: MVP, Rookie of the Year, DPOY, All Defense, All Rookie, All All NBA Coach of the Year. All the all the awards. The Raptors. We set the over under one and a half Raptors winning end of season awards. They ended up with just the one. OG making second team All Defense. I took the over. You guys both took the under, which means we have a tie at the end of regulation. Oh, Ten go. points for each of you. Oh boy, the intrigue. It's unbelievable. Before we reveal the tiebreaker result, just just feelings. Sahal, you're on the verge of potentially a second title here. How do you feel? Are you concerned? Are you reflecting upon your preseason belief in Terrence Ross being a mainstay <laughs> of the Orlando Magic rotation, which is what the tiebreaker question comes down to? Uh, how are you feeling as we wait to reveal who wins this year's over-unders prop spectacular?
2: I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling good. Um, it's unfortunate. I was hoping that um, myself and Derek would have two totally different answers, like, as we neared the end <laughs> of this. And I'm trying my best not to, like, look at anything that you set up for us earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want this all to just hit me, you know? So Yeah, um, that's the idea here. Yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I mean, even if I win this, it's going to be tough. I mean, I'm still two away, but I'm, I mean, it'll be okay. It'll be
0: even, oh, we only have two titles. Oh, oh, my sorry, God.
1: It's so, so hard for me. I only have two I'm championships sorry, and my caviar yeah. is so expensive. Yeah. Get out of yeah. here. V, how you feeling? Precipice of history. Five and six. Truly dynastic stuff on the line. How do you feel going into this final tiebreaker? Do you know the result? I don't know if you know what you picked for the tiebreaker question. How, how you feeling overall about your performance this year? Um, well, I'm I'm
3: really mad about the Scotty question. Yeah, uh, that one looms large, man. That was a bad pick. Uh, yeah. Besides that, I think I had pretty good reasoning for all the other choices I made.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but yeah, the Scotty one definitely stands out.
2: Hey, I well, picked Gary Guess, Trent Jr. to lead in steals. So, I mean yeah the is
1: egregious too. <laughs> a lot of egregious stuff went on this year It's oh, not Gary just was the up there, Raptors right? what's that Gary was up there Gary, Gary well, he was through. third he was a distant third but uh, oh was he a distant third okay. yeah I mean no one could handle OG baby he's just yeah. so good at the steals um yeah I mean a lot of stuff went wrong this year Even at your best, you go 10 of 18, which is like barely a passing grade. Uh, You know, I went 7 of 18. I should probably just stop having a podcast. Uh, But let's uh, get to the tiebreaker question and reveal the winner. Of course, the question was, how many points will Terrence Ross score specifically with the Orlando Magic this season? At the halfway point, he had 303 points with the Orlando Magic. He, of course, was bought out. He went to the Suns. None of those points count. It's only Orlando points. After the halfway point, he registered just an additional 31 points as an Orlando Magic player as he was not really in the rotation for that team down, his, down the stretch of his time with them. Before the season, we gave our tiebreaker answers of how many points Ross will score with the Orlando Magic. I said 690. But I'm not far off. Eh, pretty far off. Uh, <laughs> Vivek and Sahal, both further away than me, so if I were tied with you guys, I'd be winning right now. It's a big bummer. I'm not feeling so good about it. The winner of the sixth annual Locked On Raptors, over, under, Improv spectacular, with a tiebreaker guess of 750 points, up against 820 by the loser, Sahal Abdi. You are the hey. winner of your second championship. Congratulations. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. You have the floor to thank people, uh, to uh, do your little victory Sorry. speech here. Let me zip this up. Uh, zipping up the sweater. I don't know why, what that effect that does. Uh, but uh, go off, man. Congratulations, you are the winner. I'm mad. I still am skunked. This is my own game, and I've yet to win at it. How do you feel, Sahal Abdi, winner of the sixth annual Locked On Raptors Over/Under and Props contest?
2: Okay. So first of all, I'd like to thank my parents. Without them, I wouldn't be here. Um, you know, I'd like to thank everybody in my life that got me here. Um, no, this was, this was so much fun and I'm glad, honestly, it came down to the tiebreaker. It should, it should, like, that's just, that's how fun, how much fun we have each year. We do a halfway point. We do this at the end of the year. This was really good. I'm going to be honest with you, Sean and, 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 and Big V, I I would be totally devastated if I lost this one, like to the (laughs) point where, you know, I'd be like the honest level devastated, like what he's feeling right now, where I'd probably be (laughs) back next year. But, I would just be like overthinking a lot of things. So, hmm. um, no, this was fun. This was so much fun. I'm glad to have won it, Sean. I don't know when you, you know, plan on winning it. <laughs> 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 it it's one of those it's one of those things where, like we all do podcasting throughout the year during the Raptor season, and like, this is one of the things I look forward to the most, if not the most. So um, we have a lot of fun doing it every year, and it's um it's enjoyable. I'm just never gonna cho- I'm never gonna go against one thing this specific iteration of the season taught me i'm never going against og again because he he mm-hmm. bummed me on steals he got me on a bunch of other things you did and, get um, the
1: point taking his under on scoring though
2: yes yes absolutely but um i think that the the key is to just be pro og from now on sean so i think next year you guys know where a lot of my uh OG-centered questions are going, so.
1: Well, here's the thing. I recall distinctly thinking back to the day we did our picks where I was like, I'm going all in on the OG breakout this year. I am as pro-OG as anybody, and I'm sitting here with seven points out of 18 possible points (laughs) and without a title for the six straight years. So maybe that wasn't the call. Uh, I know for me, I am just done with the strategic voting. I'm just I'm over it. Like, I'm just going to just pick with my heart and not try to outthink you guys. That's not the medal. <sighs> this is, okay, this is amateur hour. This is not, what is this for? Like eighth place in a track competition at school?
2: <laughs> we, have, we done, have we done the thumbnail yet, Sean? Here we go.
1: Oh, God. This is go. uh, upsetting. Yes, I'll take that screenshot. Ugh. Uh, Big V, do you have any last parting shots here before we wrap up? I'm glad Like, I
3: actually have some motivation for uh, next season. Uh. now. This is actually a bit of a competition. so You guys would be lucky uh, if I bring to either to of season. you back in at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, looking forward to what the results of you know the fans who sent in their yeah. submissions are and how much they kicked our ass by.
1: I'm guessing uh, someone did much better than us for the win. I, I would be shocked if oh, 10 yeah. is the highest score among the 41 sickos who submitted entries. <laughs> um, we love all of the sickos, by the yeah. way. They're so, best. Uh yeah. I'm I'm glad I have some incentive for next season. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I might look at the go into the tank might uh, reflect a little bit, try to accrue some assets, fire Doc rivers. Um, yeah. You know, do yeah. the things that you typically do when you disappoint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we are go. going to leave it for that for now. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks again to those who played along. I'll have the winner revealed on tomorrow's episode of the podcast. So be sure to tune in for that. The everyday podcast listeners we know will be there, but become an everyday yourself, would you? And you can follow along each and every year with our over, under and props nonsense. Uh, Vivek, Go check all of his stuff over at raptors.com. Sahal, all your stuff over at Raptors are public. It's all wonderful. We will leave it there. We're going to wrap up the show. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Or I asked the question, what if the Raptors do pull off the impossible and win the draft lottery. How will that change things for the Raptors going forward? We're going to get a little bit of hope sprinkled in before it's dashed with that 1% odd that they have to win. Is it, is it, if it's 1%, is it pluralized or is it still odds? I don't know. That's not even odds. It's just a percentage point. I'm dumb. Anyway, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for hanging.